he always he told me from then he's like you always have to seize the opportunity and that's what he always said as an entrepreneur because and he's always he's always been a hustler um but i realized that that's what makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and other people not entrepreneurs it's that we're opportunists this is secrets for success Cool. Welcome to the Secrets for Success podcast. I'm your host, Greg Todd. Today, I have one of my OGs, is what I call her. She's one of my original members of Smart Success Healthcare, our platinum program, Jenny Resmondo. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you, Greg, for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, yes. All right. So Jenny uh, has uh, a couple things going on. Uh, she is the uh, founder of South Alabama Physiotherapy, and she also helps a unique group of people that are weird, and they're kind of like me, fishing people as well. So anyways, let's get into all of that. But first, why don't we talk about how long you've been a physical therapist and when you actually started in business and what made you start in business? Okay, so I've been a physical therapist for 23 years, graduated in 2000, I think the same year you did. Uh, yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, right? Uh -huh. yep. um, I don't remember what the other question was. So you <laughs> have been a therapist for 22 years. So how long have you been in business? How long did it take you before okay, you went that to was business? The question. Yes. Um, so I have been in business for myself since 2000, late 2018 okay. as a little side hustle. Mm -hmm. And um, so that took me... I guess, 18 years to go into business for myself after I finished physical therapy school. What made you decide that it was time for you to go into business for yourself? Something happened. Tell me what it is. Something happened. Um, at that time, I had gone, I was in the middle of a fellowship program for orthopedic manual physical therapists, and I saw all these other people in this group that were either opening their own business or starting their business and talking about not working for other therapists mm. and making their own decisions. And I thought to myself at that time, I got to have that. Mm. But I didn't know if it was going to work yet at that time. Okay. So mm -hmm. you decided, all right, you heard it first. By the way, you know, I talk about this uh, awareness, interest, consideration, intent, evaluation, and then buying it. And so I think of you, you've been a uh, therapist since 2000 and you worked for other people up until 2018. And your uh, first thing that you had to have is awareness that it was even possible for you to do something outside of working for somebody else. Right. Yep. And you found that out ironically through a fellowship and then, uh, and then there had to be some interest, like when they're talking about it, it's like, oh, that could be interesting. All right. And then after that, it's like, all right, I'm going to consider doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, was there something in particular that happened? I don't know, a circumstance, a situation at your workplace that made you say, all right, now is the time. Now is the time to go out on my own. Or were you just like, eh, let me just see what happens if I do this. To begin with, it was let me see what happens because mm -hmm. when you're in a fellowship program, the cost is really high. And I was trying to figure out a way to be able to write that off on my taxes. Okay. And the easiest way to write that off on my taxes was to open up a business. 
Gotcha. So ah, it made sense okay. to me. Oh, well, I need to open a business so I could write this off and right. deduct the, the cost of the fellowship. Right. And in that whole process, that seed had been planted. As I was working and learning all these new fun skills through the fellowship program, I started getting tired of having them tell me what I could and couldn't do at where at the place I worked. Mm. Clinical freedom. Clinical freedom. So can I tell you something? For sure. me, when I made that like I had to have awareness first, awareness that I could even go and open up my own thing. And I got that awareness, honestly, when I was in PT school. So I knew that it was possible. Yeah. I just never thought that I could do it as early as I did. But then there had to, I had to go from awareness to interest. And my interest happened very similar to you. I was going to CEU programs. Mm-hmm. I was doing my manual therapy certification. You were doing your fellowship. And I realized that a lot of the things that I wanted to do or the things that I was learning, I wasn't able to do in the clinic anyways, because I had a manager or a boss telling me, oh, that's not reimbursable through insurance or you can't do this or you can't do that. So it's kind of interesting that it's a lot of the same things. I think of most people out there, maybe people don't care as much about financial freedom or time freedom, but I think like 99% of therapists really do care about getting clinical freedom, being able to treat people the way that they want to treat. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Clinical freedom is so important. So important, yep, yeah. yep. A lot of places don't get it. You know, it's just not set up for you to be able to get it because they want you to do things their way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so sure. so you, you start to dabble in 2018, uh, and mm-hmm. now you're kind of doing your thing on the side today you have a much bigger setup. You have a brick and mortar practice and you're not even solo anymore. You have like a few people working with you. And so kind of t- like bring us on that journey. What What's happened from 2018 to present? So in 2018, I was you know working my new job or mm-hmm. my new business as a side gig. Right. I was working full time and then seeing clients on the weekends or after I got off work decided that, okay, this this is kind of fun. I think I could actually do this as a real business, like mm-hmm. a legit business. Let, let's see what I could make happen. And in 2020, or at the end of 2019, I turned in my notice at my full-time job to mm-hmm. go full in on my business. Right. It was mobile physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I was just traveling to patients' houses. That wasn't really enough. I wanted more. Um, I, I don't... I didn't know what that more was going to be, but eventually an opportunity came up uh, for me to occupy the space that I'm currently in. Right. And it's a beautiful building. It's a historic building in a small town not far from where I live that is the next up-and-coming neighborhood. And wow. so I took that opportunity. Right. Took and the opportunity. I took the opportunity to rent that building. Do you Have you ever thought of yourself, like have you always thought of yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, no, No. I, I would always say I'm an opportunist. Okay. That's, that's where I was going with this. I've always been an opportunist. There's this opportunity. Yeah. And that's what entrepreneurs do. Right. Is we, we see the opportunity. Yeah. And we're opportunists. Yeah. And I've never, I never really considered myself like I'm this, this natural born entrepreneur. Right. But I realized that. I've always been an opportunist. Yeah. I see something. I'm like, man, there's something here. There, there, there's right. really something here. 
So my brother, my older brother, wait, have you ever met him? Have you ever met Mark? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mark, uh, back when he was in eighth grade, I was in sixth grade and there was like a candy fundraiser at our school. Now Mm -hmm. you weren't allowed to sell candy at school unless you were doing it through the fundraiser. Okay. So my brother, uh, saw this opportunity to sell candy and he says we can have our own fundraiser right we're not doing it for the baseball team we're doing it for us the Todd family exactly so he's like it's legal during this time so anyways he always he told me from then he's like you always have to seize the opportunity and that's what he always said as an entrepreneur because and he's always he's always been a hustler um but i realized that that's what makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and other people not entrepreneurs it's that we're opportunists exactly. and that's what you are i'm an opportunist yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome okay so now you have this uh beautiful building and you've been able to now grow your um your clinic and now you do things beyond just physical therapy what are some of the other services that you're doing there and how did those opportunities <laughs> abound So once I actually had a physical space, my whole purpose for developing the business in Loxley is to have a place where people could come in for healing, to be in a a wellness environment and to um, just feel like it's at, they're at peace whenever Mm. they walk in the door. And part of that was to, to develop my own peace and healing. So I have a lot of anxiety that I've dealt with. And a lot of my patients have that too. Part of the thing that I wanted to add was massage and I wanted to add yoga mm-hmm. and other wellness services. And I have been able to make that happen at that location. Right. right. And everybody that walks in, they feel that sense of peace and healing. I've just created that environment. Wow. And That's it was something awesome. that, you know, that I felt was truly important. It was important for you. It was important for me. Right. And then you realize that there's a lot of other people that are feeling this as well for themselves, right? right? So yeah. my vision that, yeah, I wanted it to be that when you, as soon as you walked in the door, this the weight, the burden was lifted off of you. Right. Awesome. And I've heard that. Right. Well, you know, over there's and a, over again. okay. There's a lot of people that have this objection with starting a practice mm-hmm. in a rural area. And like you did that. And so this podcast is called The Secrets for Success. Can you give me some success tips that you've been able to do to allow you to actually have a practice that's functioning in an area that is doesn't have like 500,000 people? Wait, what's the population of your town? I think you've asked me that before and I'm terrible. I should have looked it up. We just moved from a town to a city. Okay. So whatever that number Lord is. Lord have mercy. All right. I already know. It's probably, it's probably like 19 people over this joint. Come on now. It's a city. Okay. 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 I'm I not have no it. idea. I That is terrible. I do not know. I know the town that I live in has 3,800 3, people okay. in it. Okay. But that's a town. That's a town. But now you're in a big city. Now I'm in a big city of Loxley. And okay. it's so much right. fun to say that. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, city girl. Okay. okay. All right. So it's not a ton of people. No. I guess that's the whole deal. But you've been able to make it work. And, yes. and what are some things that 
you feel has been able to make it work? I think me being an open and honest person, Mm -hmm. talking to the people that I encounter every day, I'm, I'm another person just like them. Right. And I talk to them as if I am their best friend, as if I'm their neighbor. I treat them the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the day, my business partner through Renewal Rehab and I were talking, and mm-hmm. uh, he's had not his his brother or his uh, parents, but he had other family members, cousins, that have been physicians for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking like 50 60 years that they've been, their line of people have been, you know, physicians. And they said one of the biggest things is that the healthcare model for physicians went from the doctor that everyone knew that was like their best friend Mm -hmm. to now working for these small practices to now the big conglomerations. And then he says now it's like this bell is like coming down now and we're going back to that. So it's quite interesting because that seems like what you have done as well. It's like you're this personable individual. I'm like a friend of your family. I'll take care of you. If you're struggling with this, I've got you covered. If you aren't struggling with what I can help you with, I'll find someone that will get you covered. And I, I think that, you know, when you do things like that, and then over time, People start to trust you and you can start to add additional services. You don't really need a lot of people. You don't need to have towns of 500,000 to have a nice little thing that's working for you and working well for you. I think that's what you've been able to do. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, let's not talk about all the good. Let's talk about some struggles, too. Has it been a perfectly uh, upward Trajection since you started this whole thing? Absolutely no. Okay. Why don't you get let's 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 make this let's make these next few minutes to keep it real uh section. This is the keep it real section of the Secrets for Success podcast. So let's keep it real. Give me some some tough things that have that that have happened. A lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff. They just want to talk about all the great things. And then when they decide to start a practice and something bad happens, they're like something's wrong with them. But no. Bad stuff happens in everybody's practice. It's just most people don't want to talk about it. But I want to talk about it. So tell me some stuff. Sure. Um, Recently, there's been a couple of different bad things that have happened that have hit back to back to back. And it Mm. seems like that's how life is. It throws multiple things at one time. Uh, The the first of those or the first chain recently is uh, the person who I was renting the building from came to me before our lease was up and said that he was getting ready to sell the building. Mm. So I either had to make him an offer or hope that whoever he sold it to would let me stay there. Right. So I had to make a decision within you know, 24, 48 hours. What am I going to do? And you saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity. <laughs> and what did you do? I bought the building. Bought the building. Um, you know, right. And in, in the time that I bought it, the interest rates are astronomical. Our housing market, as well as commercial real estate market, is out of the, it's, yeah. it's crazy right now. It's not, it was not the, the time. It was not my time to buy, but it was an opportunity. Right. And um, so that's that's what I did. I right. had to, I had to jump on it. Right, right, right. And yeah. 
I, I think here, let's we'll stay on that for a second. Sure. Uh, we were at dinner last night, and I was uh, telling, you know, a lot of my clients that were at dinner that in every business that you have, you really need to set the business up to sell. Right. And uh, and it's not saying you're going to sell your business because when people used to tell me that 10, 15 years ago, I'm like, why would you say that? You must be all about the money. Like, why would you even think about selling, you know, your business? But what I've come to realize is that um, the goal of business is to serve people and serve people and solve their problems. Uh, and you want to be able to do that extremely well. And so, and you want to be able to do that understanding that the only way that you're going to be able to grow is if the business is profitable and the only way you'd be able to sell it is if the business is profitable. And so I have been really, my, my whole mindset has shifted, shifted on that over the last like eight to 10 years. And one of the things when it comes to selling is that there is intangible property and then there's tangible property. My biggest mistake that I've made with my clinics that I had was that of the three clinics, I own none of the buildings. And so I remember when you messaged me, you're like, Greg, what should I do? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do, but I can just tell you as your mentor, I can tell you mistakes I've made. And last year, I had the building that I was paying like $5,500 a month to every single month for 15 years, right? 15 years? 2000, yeah, 15 years. They let us know that you have to move out of the building three weeks. And we had nowhere to go. And I realized that, man, if you add $5,500 a month for 15 years and never been late with a payment, I paid these people over like $1.2 million over that time. Mm -hmm. And I had nothing to show for it. And so that was the advice that I gave you. And so uh, you just made your business much more valuable by doing that. You can, look, interest rates go up, they go down, you can refinance it, you know, later on. You know, exactly. that's, that, that, that's no big deal. So anyways, um, good move for you. All right, how about one other obstacle that you have had to overcome as you've been going through your practice journey? So hiring uh, employees for longevity mm -hmm. has been recently in my um, mind because I had somebody whenever I first opened my physical practice that came in who was a yoga student in our studio that's upstairs. And she said, I need some extra money. I got to find a job. And I was like, well, great. I need some extra help. Can you mm -hmm. work for me? Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is another opportunity. Right. She retired nurse. I knew she knew the medical language. So I hired her within a month, a month ago, um, not even a month ago, I get a phone call after, well, it was during yoga class, but I didn't answer it because I was teaching it. Um, I, I checked the voicemail and a neighbor who was a patient of mine that lived across the street from my, my, um, my, my employee had called and said that she had just gotten life flighted out due to a massive stroke. Wow. So trying to find the person that's going to help you work your situation and um, help you make, uh, make all the, the connections in your business work well was the one struggle. And then once you start finally getting a little bit of a stride, mm -hmm. then having that person 
traumatically pulled out of your your employment, two days later they end up pulling her off of life support because it was a, hemorrh- a hemorrhagic stroke, and so there Whoa. was no recovery from it. Right. So, not only have I had to figure out how to hire somebody, now I've got to figure out how to replace somebody that just left completely unexpectedly. Mm. It wasn't, you know, I mean, you're not really right. expecting something like that to ever happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you hire somebody, you don't expect somebody to die on you. Right. right. You just yeah. don't. That, 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 that's that, not that, in the that's, game plan. That's not in the game that's plan. That's not in the game plan, yeah. You know, yeah. and um, that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. I now know it happens. Yeah, it happens. And it happens. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that you had to deal with. This just happened recently. Yeah. And I mean, not only are you scrambling with your clinic, but then you also have other staff. And like, this is someone that you know and you love. Right. And you're not only grieving for yourself, but also your team. It's like everybody's in shell shock. Right. Yes. And then you're having to run and operate your business still and you almost can't even grieve yes and the week before i hired another person who was going to help in the front office so in the midst of all that trying to train a new person a new employee right crazy crazy and then having somebody you know to pass away on you right you guys all on that i i think here's the thing i will say i will say that and I actually did a podcast with my wife recently. And, you know, she's <laughs> she, she's not the big entrepreneur, right? But she says, I just want more of my husband. I want more of him here. Right. And this is what I have to remind her of. I have to remind her that if I was a total jerk and I had not grown by becoming more patient, more kind, a better communicator, what all the reasons why she happens to like me, which I don't understand why she likes me, but but she does. She says she does. She says she wants to spend more time with me. All of those things I can say, Jenny has happened because of entrepreneurship, because of all the trials, the struggles, and the things that I never dealt with. Kind of like what you're dealing with right now, that only because of entrepreneurship, it yeah. it made me have to confront these things and deal with these things. And in turn, it made me become a different person. And so anyways, I, I thank you for sharing that. Thank sure. you for, for being honest. And, um, and I'm just really, really proud of you. So um, any parting thoughts? We, we've got people that are, are listening to this. And I would say this, I would say what you have done really well is you have continued to move forward even though there have been obstacles and you've continued not only to move forward, but you've grown. I mean, I've just watched you now for the last three years, you've been in my world. And, um, and so for someone that just feels stuck, what would you tell them right now? Somebody that is just feeling stuck. They feel stuck in their career. They feel like it's too late for them to get started with going after, basically go after clinical freedom. Right. Or to go after opening up a practice. What would you tell them or what would you have wanted told to yourself in 2018 when you started? Keep making moves forward. Mm-hmm. Even when you feel stuck, make a move. It doesn't matter if it's the right move. It is a move and it's making you come to some form of action 
even if it's not the direction you want to go in, you've made some kind of growth and you've learned from a mistake that you've made so that you could pivot in a different direction. But either way, you still move forward. Right, right. Make a move. Make a move. It does not have to be the right move. Nope. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, I, I need to say this. I want to honor you. And I want to tell you this. You are probably, if there's any student that is a reason for the astronomical ascension of smart success healthcare, it's you. It is you. Wow. I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. Yeah, no, it's definitely you. It's definitely you. So in 2021, I had to do the live event. But when I signed up to do that live event, it was because of the contract that I had with that hotel that I made in 2019. I did not know that everything was going to happen with COVID. And during that time of COVID, there were other things that were going on in my life that made me almost quit the Smart Success Healthcare Mission. And so I got to be honest with you. I wish I could tell you guys, oh, I just felt so passionate. Honestly, I came back because I had to fulfill the obligation I had to the hotel or I was on a hook for like nearly $200,000. So I came back and I said, I'm going to do an event. And as I was now prepping to do the event, even though I really didn't feel that excitement to do it, as I'm doing it, I started getting excited again. Oh my gosh, this is going to be fun. Uh, but I put out, you know, an offering and you were one of the 20 people to join it. But this is where things change. I thank you for that. That's great. But where things changed was we decided to have a continuing education weekend. And you and one other person came, Heidi. Yeah. Uh, and it was the first time, besides the event, and really, it'd been really two years since I had been around people. And I realized the power of being with people. And you have no problem being outspoken. You said, we need to do this more. And I was like, yeah, we actually really do. We talked about it at Tijuana Flats, right next to my clinic. I don't know if you remember this, but. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and I left there, I left that uh, that event, which was two people and the instructor, Santi, right? Right. And I, that Monday, I started looking for a place. By that next Friday, the following Friday, we found this place. Mm -hmm. And it was really because of you. And so today we have now 25 employees in this place. We just finished an amazing immersion event, part one of 20 of you. And then now tomorrow, even more people are flying in and coming. And I just want you to know that I'm so thankful and grateful that you kind of just were there. You, God planted you in my life for a season to tell me one thing that I needed to do, and that one thing has sprouted into all of this. So, Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing. So we're gonna maybe create a shrine of you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> a shrine of know, Jenny. Yeah, yeah, That yeah, would yeah, be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, so. Totally have to do that now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm proud of you. I don't know if you notice, you're on the wall now as uh, what, a part of our six-figure club. You're two years in a row, which is so awesome. So you're on the wall and I just want to thank you so much for everything you've done for us and I appreciate you. 
Well, thank you, Craig. And thank you for being on a podcast. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. That was easy.